5 o'clock in Pirate Country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Starting off things here on a Monday. Little country comes to city. No, no, we're not necessarily talking about Ben Byram's trip to Charlotte and Fan Fest. Well, we sort of are. We're also talking about our guy, uh, RV, and Marvin, Clay Medlin, and Randy Phillips went to Philadelphia this weekend. Cowboy Joe West had him as their special guest up there. So some of uh, our local hometown favorites are spreading their wings, headed to the big city this particular uh, weekend. Ben Byron was one of them. He's across the way producing today's show. Hey, Ben. Whoa. Yeah, that was very loud. Come on, Coach. Gosh. Down. Hurt my ears. Preseason camp. He's all fired up. He's fired up. Pirate report coming up, by the way, with some, what we call fresh audio in the business. In just a minute. Um, how was Fan Fest? You you left here Friday in a in a in a fit, and then you got to Fan Fest Friday night, right? Right, right. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, me and Philip had a good old time. Uh, worked our way down to some end zone seats. Got a first hand look at a whoa, couple whoa, guys whoa, like whoa, Sam Whoa, Darnold. whoa, 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 whoa. Where were you supposed to be? Oh, uh, we were in the upper level. And you did the old moving your way down to better seats trick. Yeah. I mean, you, you pay the same amount of money for all the seats, and uh, we saw a lot of empty. Uh, so there's not levels or tiers or anything? Nobody no, paid? No. You pay the same amount, and they just randomly give you whatever seat. And we're like, eh, we don't like this system here. It's kind of a lame. Yeah. And we saw a lot of empty seats in a lower level by the end zone, and we're like, why not? Let's go for it. So we did it. Are you sure this is how they did this? Yeah. Yeah, you randomly uh, they they randomly pick what uh, seats you get. So it's kind of it, was, it had a socialistic principle to it. Yeah, a little way. bit, a little bit. Yeah. And then you didn't like where you wound up. Yeah, a couple squares decided to stay where they were, and I'm like, I don't, nah, no. Were they part of your party? No, I'm just saying, you know, I silently judged them. Oh, wow. yeah. Okay. You can just move to the lower level. Did you get any refreshments? Were they normal concession prices? Oh yeah, yeah, they were outrageous. Okay. Uh, let's just put it this way, $14 for a beverage. Wow. Yeah, that's a little out there. Uh, did you get some snacks? or? No, I didn't get any snacks. Okay. I'm not a big snack in during the game. Right, guy. right. You just got you a soda drink or something, and it was... Yeah, something like that. Got you. <laughs> um, let me ask you this. Uh, did Well, uh, so Jim Zoki's going to be on with us today. Zoki's back on our regular Monday rotation now. Uh, part of the Panthers Radio Network. A new season, the season premiere, in fact. A Panther talk tonight over on 103.7 WTIB coming your way at 7 o'clock. So uh, we got your night covered here with the PJ Show and then Panther talk in its inaugural episode of uh, the new season uh, coming up tonight over on uh, our sister station, 103.7. So we'll get into some of the things. I'm wondering if you and Zoke linked up. No. Um, well, no, no. I'm, no. We'll, we'll wait. Don't, don't let me know what's going on. Okay, all we'll right. Save all it right. for the segment with Zoki. I ruined Do you it. listen to this show when you're producing it, or are you just... Hey, I'm just here for the ride. Let it ride, baby. Apparently. But overall, a good trip? 
Yeah, it was a lot of fun. All right. Did you have to help Pilkington move some stuff back, or how'd that work? Yeah, a little bit. A Did little you bit. really? Yeah. So it's kind of a, a, a trade-off. You, you... Yep. I stayed at his place. His okay. folks are good people. Right. And uh, did you hey? Did you see the spot where he was supposed to be live from the parking lot, but he was in his living room and did the the hit? I did. That time? I did. I did. Did see he that show you spot. where he was standing when yep. that happened? Yep. That was not one of your finer moments. Oh yeah, that was. That was not one of your. Finer I thought it was moments. actually kind of fun. It ended up being <laughs> funny, but at the time it was not one of your finer moments. Oh yeah, not uh, a good day. We have uh, a great crew this year, and part of the great crew. Is uh, our new intern who we got in there, Ben? Uh, Courtney, intern Courtney. Yep. What's up, intern? Courtney? Make yourself known. Hello. Come say hello. Hello, intern Courtney. Talk right into that mic. Yeah, just speak right there. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you? How's it going so far? Really good. You're enjoying it? Yes, I am. I'm trying to see if she's being fake nice. I can't really tell. No, I'm not. Okay. Being fake nice. <laughs> All right. So this, now look, I, this appears to be some of your handiwork here today. Uh, some of it. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, well, let's we'll see how all this goes here in a few minutes. All right. Thank you. Welcome aboard. It's great to have you here this great. year. Great. I'm excited we've got uh, intern Courtney. Ben was saying you're pretty sharp, so there you go. Like, you got it. You, you, you're with the with – because the, uh, we've had some interns who aren't real sharp. That's <laughs> and it, But you're pretty sharp, so you there you go. It, not me. Well, no, we have. We've had a few that, have, that are not that sharp, but uh, he said you were pretty sharp. <laughs> see, isn't that a nice compliment? Yes. That's the nicest thing great. we can say about you so far. Now, it's – We'll see where we are in a few months. That is true. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Courtney. Good to see Thank you. Thank you. All right. Intern Courtney in here on, uh, I think, Mondays and Wednesdays, Ben. Is that the uh, is that the plan? And then, of course, our game day coverage will be a part of that as well. We may even hear intern Courtney on the air a little bit during our game day. Oh. You ready for that? All right. Uh, so, the Greenville Little League, did you see this, Ben, while you were gone gallivanting in the Queen City? I saw there was something very unfortunate about the Greenville Little League. So they beat West Virginia on uh, Friday morning, thwarted them, hammered them. For dynasty, baby. Four to three. And then they were going to play uh, Florida coming up on Saturday. And so, as you would expect with everything going on, they, they had tests happening uh, all around these events. They're probably doing something very similar for the Softball Little League World Series, which is set to begin here on Wednesday in Greenville. But you're taking, I guess, the PCR test, and you're taking the spit test. So I've done all the different tests leading up to the last year. Now, the spit test thing, I did that for ESPN. The time I did something for them last year where you do like a saliva swish send it in, send it off, and then they let you know, based on the lab result, whether you, you you know tested positive or negative. The other nostril thing that I've done, uh, that particular test. It's the only one I've done. And that one where I got it done, at each occasion, got it back. In, some, in most instances, the day of. The only time we didn't get it the day of is when we went and took it on a, uh, my wife and I went and took it on a, a Sunday. Mm-hmm. And I think it, or maybe a Saturday. Anyway, and that was early on in the uh, Yeah, but it took it? to like Monday or Tuesday to get yep. the result. But mo- like, I, I remember we had a, a scare last Christmas. And so we went that morning to get tests, to get the, the, the get a, I mean, like the legit touch in the back of your brain test. And I knew, I was brushing my teeth that night to go to bed, like 8, 30, 9 o'clock, because I'm an old head. And I had my result like that. My wife got hers like in the middle of the night, but I, I basically within about an eight hour window, I knew 
where I was, and and it all came back negative. So I assume they were doing some of that, and it's my understanding they were doing some of that. But it's that spit test, which is not as reliable, apparently. A kid who I assume was not showing any symptoms uh, tested positive, and instead of isolating the kid or doing more testing or letting him play or whatever, they kicked the whole team out of the thing. And, I, and even worse, I, I don't want to cast dispersions here. This may have been an emotional parent, but a friend who's on that team basically said that the hotel gave him the boot. Like, rather coldly gave him the boot. Which, uh, that to me seems, I'm not saying that's a reflection on Little League, but obviously you're staying at a hotel that is affiliated with the event. But shame on that hotel if they kick those kids out immediately. This is kind of like the state deal, but like 10 times worse, it sounds like. Well, it's like. little kids. It's yeah. much worse. I mean, it's it's a million times worse is what it is. So I'm just, I'm curious to, you know, get some answers on that. Um, And, and I understand the, the frustration. Boy, it just, you, you hate it for the kids because there's kids that'll, uh, you know, um, I, there, well, there's one particular kid, I think uh, the manager, Corey's son, he's, he's done with Little League. He now moves on to whatever next level of baseball you play. So, I mean, that's how his Little League uh, time, you know, will end. And, you know, I, look, I, I, if he's a good enough ball player, he'll go on to achieve tremendous heights. But there's, you know, th- th- this is sort of a the, the thing that forges friendships when these kids go and play in these events like this and you play on these all-star teams. Even if you're not like this uber successful franchise, if you will, like there is with Greenville Little League and you're just going to play on the all, but I mean, those kids remember playing on those all-star teams forever and going to those trips and all that. All that was kind of ripped away and cut short. I think it's very unfortunate. Uh, But until, if that were the testing, you would just think they would have more rock solid testing. Testing, I mean, testing's expensive. We've had John Gilbert sit in this very seat across from me in the studio and and really gnash his teeth and, and worry, legitimately concerned last, late last uh, year, how they were going to pay for testing in the spring. Because testing is very, very expensive uh, within, uh, if it's being done at the level it should. And you would think for something like this, the testing would be done at, uh, at the most primo level. High level, yeah. If you're getting a negative test back on a test that does show faults, positives and faults, Let's face it, negatives. Again, this saliva test seems to be less effective than the PCR. And look, I'm sure these kids didn't like having those invasive sort of tests. It wasn't a good thing. But I think they got it. If you're going to play and participate in this event, and again, it's my understanding that that the kid was not showing any any symptoms. Um, so I, I, you know, I hope that's correct. Still, if nobody else in the contact tracing was. This was not a contact trade. This was a, we're wiping them out in totality. You're done as soon as the test comes back. I mean, that's that's just heartbreaking. It's very unfortunate. And uh, our, our, our thoughts are certainly with all of those kids. Uh, because, you know, that's it's just wrong for the kids. And I, and I just don't think that's a good thing. For the young people involved, that's not a good thing. We, we talk about so much. We're, we're interested in doing this in the best interest of the kids. Well, this was not done. It doesn't seem to me to be have done in the best interest of the kids. Not handled very well, it no, seems like. No, not handled very well at all. And uh, maybe get some more on that this week as time allows. You know, I, I, I do think this is kind of a, 
I mean, it's an important story, and I feel terrible for these kids. But if they're like any other kid I know, by and large today, they've probably, a lot of them gotten over it. Because, you know, kids are resourceful. Kids are, are, are so resourceful. And they've probably moved on, and they're already ready for the next thing in their life. It's summer. Well, exactly. They got it's a few, summer, they got a few yeah. more precious days of summer before school starts back up. You know they know that. Yeah. That's great. I mean, really, though, that's that's what I mean. I mean, these kids were heartbroken. I'm sure they were crying their eyes out when they were told that they were having to get out, leave the tournament. And go to swimming pool now. They can. They can go take a little break and get ready for fall ball, which will get be their true. weekends back. They can get their weekends back. Look at Ben looking at the bright side. Um, one other thing, this out of Major League Baseball. So, at a Rockies game over the weekend, uh, a fan was accused of hurling the N-word. Um, towards a Miami Marlins player. This appeared to be like in that autograph scrum before the game. Is that right? Is that? I've heard kind of conflicting reports. I've heard it was during the game. I've heard before the okay. game. It's All right. not really. I didn't watch the game, obviously, so I have really no idea. Okay, well, here it is now. The alleged slur was heard near the end of the game when Marlins outfielder Lewis Brinson was at bat in the top of the ninth having taken ball two and already clocking off a couple of hits in the game, he did appear to turn around and acknowledge the yelling. So the thinking was that this guy in a relatively empty stadium there in Colorado in Denver was heard yelling supposedly the N-word. Well, that was blowing up everywhere yesterday, right? I mean, would you agree Saw with it that? Everywhere. It kind of dominated the sports headlines. It dominated sports headlines. We we started to get the quickie think pieces. We started to get the social justice commentary on what racists must live in Denver, Jamel Hill, Colorado. Uh, yeah, the whole, sure. the whole nine. The whole nine. Very meekly, just after 12 noon today, during the lunch hour on the East Coast, and this, you, you kind of had to look for this. You know they're going to do an official investigation. Well, no, they've on done it. it. Yeah. They've done it. That's what I mean. Oh, it's over. I'm about to read from the results, the results. of the. Yeah, the results are in. The Rockies have determined a fan did not hurl a disgusting racial slur at Lewis Brinson during Sunday's game. Confirming with the spectator and the local broadcast, the man was trying to get the attention of the team's mascot, Dinger. Dinger is the mascot for the Rockies, and I'm sure he was trying to get the mascot to come over and, you know, like take a picture with the kid or something that might have been in his party, you know, get a picture with the people in, in whoever he was with, the party. So what they was heard across the broadcast in, the, I guess, the crowd mic was the word Dinger, which all of a sudden was being confused for the N-word. It's a case, it would seem, of people hearing what they want to hear. And look, this is a net, I mean, this, these regional uh, broadcasts, the regional nets, uh, Sinclair now owns them. They're Bally Sports in a lot of ca- uh, cases. It was the old Fox Sports model. Uh, they are, these are high-level broadcasts. I mean, this is how... The regional sports nets make their money because the ratings are so strong in the local markets. I mean, nobody's watching baseball nationally. We know that. 
But in the local markets, TV numbers are very strong. Radio play-by-play numbers are very strong. In those local markets for baseball and in the regional markets for baseball. And so they put a lot of broadcasts. I mean, it's, it's network quality broadcasts on these regional nets. So it's not like they just have a little uh, microphone hanging out of the booth like we would at Rose Football. You know, to pick up crowd noise that you got to move when some parent starts going ballistic. It's not like that. They have parabolic microphones all over the field. They have uh, in base uh, that you'll that foxes utilize that technology where you hear guys sliding into the bag. Sometimes you know they've got microphones in the bases. Joe Buck was interviewing guys during the All Star game that were playing on the field. Right. So I mean, there's microphones everywhere. They mic up players. They mic up managers. They're micing up everybody. They might even mic up a vendor for all I know. You would think that you would be able to distinguish with all of this modern broadcast technology the difference between Dinger and the N-word. But if you want to hear something, you're going to hear something no matter how crystal clear it is. Is there a video of this out there? Is Apparently so. Have you seen the video? I have I, not. I haven't seen it yet. I so. have not. I, I saw this story. I saw we posted it. And I thought, not today, I'll just deal with it tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> just can't, just didn't have the energy to do it. Let's enjoy the week. Sunday. And, um, but I mean, like, you, you knew about the first part of it, because like you said, you saw it everywhere Sunday, right? Dominating the sports headlines while major basketball players and football players are signing extensions, record-breaking extensions. 12.38 p.m. Monday. I mean, it's a th- it's a two sentence maybe uh, conclusion of the investigation, and you didn't know anything about it. Usually, there's like pages. Right. When there's an investigation, but I'm just saying you 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 knew nothing that this happened. No idea. Yeah. Because we wanted you got to promote the agenda. You got to promote. You got to hear what you want to hear. When we come to the conclusion, and it's not the conclusion that certain people were hoping for. Then we just meekly report it and we move on and we look for the next controversy or the thing to stir the pot over to try to divide uh, to try to divide people. Sports is just it's gotten so political it's it's almost taken the fun out of the whole thing. It really has. All right, um, we do need to get a break. We'll do a little pirate report action next. Uh, the Zoke man will be with us. We got a ton of cuts, so we'll try to get as many of them as possible here today uh, in our pirate report. Is this uh, this is today because it's got the coordinators right? So, some from today, some from Saturday. Okay. Uh, well, we'll get to uh, tell you what. We'll hear a little uh, from Mike Houston, and then I want to hear from Blake Carroll, and I want to hear from uh, I want to hear from uh, Donnie Kirkpatrick, and then I see the special teams coordinator, but I don't have a name here. So, Tim Doust. Tim Doust. Okay. I see it on the cut. I just didn't see it on the title. So Tim Doust. So we'll hear from all of them. A uh, quick timeout, and uh, we'll uh, bring you everything you need to know. Uh, as far as ECU football goes, as they are coming off a weekend where they had uh, a scrimmage. Uh, so uh, we'll hear from the coordinators. Uh, we'll get to as much audio next. Patrick Johnson show on this hot, hot as just hot Monday. More of the Patrick Johnson show is coming up. I can't wait. On your flagship home of pirate football, 94.3 The Game and 94.3 thegamecom 
Now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. Well, I don't know how, I mean, I don't think we get access to him. I don't I don't know if that's a real advantage or not to have access to him. Well, what is that? I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Uh, we have a new partnership as a company with WNCT today. TV uh, side. And uh, that is pretty cool. So the flagship TV, the flagship radio group, I think that's a great thing. I don't know if we have, I don't know if we'll get him or not. I don't know. Nah. Darn. We'll find out. You know, he's got a deal elsewhere, as far as I know. And I, I, I just, I don't want to step on that. De- I, I don't, all right. I, I, don't, right. I don't know. Well, we got a deal here now. So. Yes, we do. We do. We got uh, much to get to. But what deal matters here? Jim Zoki's coming up in just a few minutes. Uh, by the way, uh, shout out to our friends at the Carolina Mudcats. They drew uh, close to 5,000 folks on Friday. And if I'm not mistaken, there was some some adverse weather. I think they had a little bit of rain up in that yep. area on Friday. But still, uh, they gave away hats. They had a huge crowd. Pardon me. And um, they, of course, advertised the game on our station, so that helped. I mean, and that's just not me shooting my mouth off making claims that I can't substantiate like, you know, other places do. No, th- I mean, th- they actually said it's because of your advertising, you know, here and then on 107.9 and then 103.7 that they, they I heard about that. They yeah. could see the numbers and the amount of people coming from these listening areas to Zeppelin. I, I don't know if we're going to get, don't ask me again. <laughs> all right. All right. I'm sorry. I, I I don't see the point, but I'm just here to do whatever. All right. uh, Pirate report today. Uh, Mike. Hey, Ben, roll the audio. (laughs) Yes, Ben, roll the audio. Mike Houston talking about the practice. (laughs) Had uh, had some heat and humidity, uh, which is good. We need it. We need a lot of it. You know, we we didn't have any last week, and, uh, you know, it hit them pretty good today. So it's another challenge. Uh, You know, it's a great teaching moment. I thought we did some good things today. And I thought we had, uh, you know, had some guys that uh, struggled with, uh, you know, with that heat and humidity all of a sudden. So, uh, you know, the practices are very up-tempo. You know, they, there's a lot of running. There ain't, ain't much standing around out there. So, um, you know, it's, we're going to play ourselves into shape and enter into, uh, you know, being able to handle the elements. Because it's going to be, you know, it's going to be humid down there in Charlotte uh, for the opener. And it's going to be hot and humid here for the kickoff uh, game in Daddy Ficklin. So, uh, you know, we need this weather. So it was a good thing. Uh, we'll go to the offensive line room. Is that a thing? The OL room? Uh, Bailey Malkovic, uh, gaining mass, Coach Houston. Ma- I'm sorry, Malovic. Say it again. Malovic. If I don't phonetically spell some of these names out, I struggle. Do you That's know a, that? It, it, it's a little tough on paper. All right. Offensive lineman, Bailey. Malovic. On gaining mass. Well, he's not getting pushed around. Uh, he still moves very, very good. Uh, and he he runs very well. I mean, we we uh, did some uh, you know some sideline gassers at the end of practice, and I mean he's winning every every gasser, and he's right at three hundred pounds. He's two ninety six. Uh, so you know the the added strength and weight is going to serve him much better in this league because you know he learned painfully last year that you know you're going to get tossed around pretty good in this league if you don't have some mass to you. Uh, Coach Houston on Xavier Smith becoming an edge rusher. A smart player. He's a veteran guy. He's played a lot of football. He does a lot of things instinctively out there at the at the rush position. So it's really really good. Uh, you know, 
we do have depth and experience at inside linebacker. And, you know, the, our goal is to get as many of those, you know, as many of the top players on the field together all at once. And so this allows us to do that. It also gives us a really good athlete out there. Um, you know, I, I, he and Jeremy, I like that tandem out there. And then he can always step inside and play Will. I mean, he's an all-conference player at inside linebacker. Pirate Report continues on. Special teams coordinator Tim Doust, also the defensive ends and outside linebacker coach, he made an appearance today in the uh, media room. He talked about the long snapper competition. Hit it. It's good. I mean, they're, they're going to have to bring it to every single day. I think we brought some talented kids in there. I see Slade and Liam battling it. Uh, Slade Roy is extremely talented. So Liam left the spring, did a nice job, and Slade's going to push him every day. So that, that's going to that's gonna be a neck and neck every day, no snaps off. They're doing a really good job. They're not short on talent. He also talked about the kicking competition. Same at the kicking position. Owen, I was confident in coming out of spring, really a solid field goal kicker. Um, and then, you know, we're looking for someone with a big leg on kickoff, but uh, confident in Owen, what he can do in field goals. But we brought in two really good freshmen. Lath can really boom the ball. Uh, and then Carson, I think he's kind of been a really pleasant surprise. I mean, we rotate him every single kick at the end of practice today. So uh, we're not short on talent. So we're going to be okay. The three deep is pretty darn good right there. All right. And then we've got the defensive end and linebacking uh, core. Coach uh, Tim Dow, special teams coordinator, also defensive ends and outside linebacker coach, talking about those positions. Well, I, I think the sun brought out a lot, a lot of habits today, right? We have the first real test of fall camp was today, and uh, we we got some growth to do. We got some growth to do. We got to win mentally. I'd like to see a better performance than what we did today. Um, I think we're developing a solid depth in the rush position with Xavier Smith being able to play rush and Will Backer. Jeremy Lewis is feeling good. Uh, Chad Stevens had a tremendous summer uh, and has really come along. I'm really proud of the way he's worked in the summer, and it shows right now. Over there uh, to the end, you know, we've got Rick DeBrew moving in and out. Rick's a dynamic defensive lineman wherever we put him, and we're going to make sure he's on the football field. Manny Hickman had a very good spring and built on that in the summer, uh, and we got to get develop some depth behind him. So uh, there's a little bit of depth that we got to get going at the end position. Kareem Stinson, you know, Trevon Freshwater, they they got to they got to get going this week. This is a huge, huge week for our football program, especially, you know, in my room. All right, uh, talk a little bit about the offensive line. Let's go down to cut uh, 14 here. And this is uh, Coach Donnie Kirkpatrick, our great friend, the offensive coordinator of the Pirates, talking about Avery Jones working out at center. It, it's It's been good. I think when, when he came, we knew he could have played guard or center. He had played a little bit of center up at the other school he went to. Uh, so we always knew he had the capability that he's very smart, very young, you know, uh, or smart, even though he was young type guy, understood the game from a great high school program. So he had some coaching already. And he's just so quick, and yet he's so strong that he's going to make us a lot better. When we when you analyze the season and what you did good and what you did bad, you know, two years ago we had, like, really, really small centers. I, I looked both centers in the eye, you know, year one. We knew we were in trouble right there when that was the case, right? So we got a bigger center in Fernando last year, but we but Fernando didn't have that quickness. No, no slam on Fernando. You know, he'd be the first to say that. Avery gives you both. We think he's an all-conference center. That's an, that's an interesting move, though, with uh, Avery Jones moving to center. I think it is anyway. It's very interesting. Uh, more from Donnie Kirkpatrick here. Bailey uh, Malkovic, uh, Malkovic, yeah, he talked about uh, him uh, playing uh, along the offensive line and being a starting tackle. 
you know, the pandemic hurt him. It hurt a lot of people, but uh, Bailey just lost too much weight, and it just really made him just too too vulnerable up front. And the guys just bull rushed him last year, and so. Uh, Big John and his staff did a great job, along with the nutritionists, and then Bailey having to do it of eating a lot more, but also eating correctly, getting the weight up, lifting. We did some difference in his conditioning, and he looks a lot better, looks a lot more firm. The pass protection, you know, was still a major issue last year, and uh, that has been one of the best things of the camp so far as our pass protection has been very good. All right, we have uh, a few things uh, here, but I tell you what. Uh, we'll save some of this maybe for later in the show because we got to get to Zoke. He's on the line. Uh, so Jim Zoki, Panthers Radio Network, uh, Ben Byram's uh, trek to the Queen City and Fan Fest, and we're going to have uh, Zoke's perspective of Fan Fest and the ultimate fan, Ben Byram, his perspective of Fan Fest. Hilarity will ensue, I'm sure, on the other side. <laughs> More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up. What? You want more? All right. On your flagship home of Pirate Basketball. 94.3 The Game at 94.3thegame.com. What's happening? I'll tell you what's happening. Log on to our new website, 94.3thegame.com, for PJ Shot Podcasts and the latest news on the Pirates. This is happening. Now, back to Patrick Johnson on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. And I've refrained from asking some questions. Purpose. But uh, we welcome you back in as Jim Zoki joins us. His uh, highly successful run of Monday appearances on 94.3 The Game uh, throughout the NFL season begin in earnest today. Last week was the preseason. The real deal's today. Uh, ben Byram across the way. Ben, of course, in Charlotte this weekend. That's right. Two mega media superstars were sharing the same city. I don't know how the Man. city did. I don't know how it recovered. First of all, hello, Jim Zoki. How are you? I'm great. To, you know, it's great to be here. First of all, Patrick, I'm happy to take second billing uh, to all that's happened uh, with Ben's visit to Charlotte. I can't wait to hear how it went uh, because <laughs> of COVID. I didn't see how it went. I assume he went to FanFest. We were up in the radio booth doing our our program there. But um, right. I hope I hope that Ben had a successful journey and uh, stayed out of jail uh, i know you had bail money ready yeah if needed but i don't think you used it did you did not not on that i i <laughs> said at once he got to sunday and i knew he was back <laughs> i bought scratch off tickets with it that's what i did <laughs> so did you scratch did you tickets and cigarettes as usual <laughs> ben byram the great producer of this show did you boys not get together i thought there was a, a chance you boys were going to get together you know he didn't text he didn't call i was there i, I was showed up late i was there yeah, i showed up like an hour late so i was like Fashion- I don't want to bother fashionably him. Fashionably late? Yeah, he's already he's wow. probably already started his stuff. Didn't want to bother him. I respect his profession. That's, okay. That is a hey, that's a producer talking right there. You hang on wow. to that guy. Look, I wish we could hang on to he's a, he's a major star. I don't know how much longer we'll be able to. <laughs> Better believe it. Didn't want to interrupt us doing a live program. That is a producer. Anybody else would have called and texted David Miller. Right. And you'd have, you'd have had your, and, and you would have probably, that was the one day you would have forgotten to have put the ringer on silent 
and his phone would have been ringing in the middle of the broadcast. So. Hey, just no, put me on live. Call live on the air just to see how it went. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, yeah, that would have been all right. Uh, well, again, we just we got a little bit of the taste of what happened from Ben. We didn't go deep into it, but I want to get your impressions of FanFest and see how they lined up against Ben's impressions of FanFest. So, how did FanFest go, Jim Zoki? Oh, it went fine. Thanks for asking. Uh, so we um, we've had two practices since then, Sunday and Monday, which is today. Uh, but as far as FanFest, your question, I think it was really testing out the field. It was more of a celebration of football, if you will, as opposed to uh, football, football. I think they, they kept it. It was short. It wasn't, you know, padded practice, uh, no hitting. Uh, they, they wanted everyone to get out injury-free, which is a success in itself, and they did. And uh, put out a little bit of a show for the fans, have some fireworks, and he got on the field and show off the new uh, field turf there. But as far as football, I think, yeah, they wanted to, you know, test it out, see how it was first day out there on the new surface, new playing surface. So, I think, you know, the event was the success they wanted. Probably about 25,000 fans uh, were there. So, it, you know, again, it wasn't like 11 on 11 scrimmaging like they've done in some days right. down in Spartanburg, but right. it went fine. Ben, what were you, as a fan, what were your impressions of FanFest, Ben? That was a whole lot of fun. Jim probably saw me. I was right behind the end zone. I don't know how you can miss me. Uh, the ref did not like the turf. He's a season ticket owner. The, the turf st- stood out. Now, Wait a minute. Explain who the ref is to Jim. Just be, you know, we, we know it. We, the audience plays along, but Zoki. Oh, come on. Who doesn't know? It's Philip the ref Pilkington, right. season ticket owner. But you, you better learn his name. Better learn his name. He's like the unofficial mascot of the Panthers. Come on now. Oh I can't God. believe you never heard his name before. Well, he might have been. There's no need to get on Zoki's case. I'm just saying that. I'm just saying yeah, I shouldn't have to explain myself here. B baby's yelling at me. Or, or <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, tonight. <laughs> Panther Talk on 1037 WTIB at 7. Jim Jim has no other appearances like this one. I, 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 I'm just going to guess he has no other appearances that he does like this one. Uh, it's the only show I go out where the producer yells at me before I've even spoken to him. <laughs> uh, what I don't know work with him, but I could hang up. Like, I'm not even like an employee. I have no obligation. <laughs> All right, what about um, the field turf? You mentioned that. Yep. Uh, he just said that our guy, Philip, the ref Pilkington, who, who's a staffer here for us, <laughs> doesn't like the field turf. It seemed like Christian McCaffrey was sort of meh on the field still turf. on the field? I mean, uh, the ref, was he on the field in some way? No, no. He, he was looking at it. No, he was just in the stands with, with Byron. But just admiring from a distance, he didn't like it. He didn't yeah. get on it. He, he, did, not care for, he did not care for the look of it. He did not we care. don't want one of those Kevin Harlan calling the naked guy running across the field moments during camp. Oh, there's still a whole season ahead. You never know. the Bermuda grass. <laughs> he misses the Bermuda grass. I will say this from a horticultural standpoint, Pilkington is, is pretty sharp because he's a golf guy as well. So he knows about it. I think he's taking a little interest in that. But I, I, well, this is like the trip you would find at Top Golf. I don't think it's the same as what he's used to outside on the real golf course. Right, exactly. But when you, uh, it, it, like I said, it seemed like that it was, it was fine. It was fine. But McCaffrey yeah, seemed like he was meh about the whole thing. Yeah, I think they are. I mean, I think, you know, for, first of all, it makes a, a ton of sense with soccer coming here, uh, the number of college football games uh, coming through here, um, concerts and other events. It's not practical for a grounds crew to keep up with all that and, and weather uh, dealing with a natural playing surface. So because it's a multi-use stadium, it's not just a football stadium for 10 Sundays, um, it makes sense that they did what they did. Second, you know, they got the, obviously the best they could as far as what type of artificial turf, the field turf, uh, is what they have. It's like a lot of teams 
we play in the division with two domes with Atlanta and New Orleans. So, you know, you gonna be playing in a lot of those kind of conditions. Anyway, you practice on it in the bubble here. So to me, uh, it, it makes all the sense in the world to have that. I think if you had your druthers and you could, you'd like to have a natural playing surface, but it really at this point became impractical uh, with soccer coming around the corner. Yeah. Jim, I know it's kind of hard to judge guys off of fan fest, but what we've been hearing in training camp and based on what I saw in person, uh, guys like Omar Bayless, Shai Smith, Terrace Marshall, they're really stepping up. And it brings the question, it might be a little bit of a controversial question, or it might come off a little silly, but I think it's legitimate. Um, come week one, do you think David Moore will still be on the roster? Because we haven't heard much from him come out of training camp, and these guys are really showing out and really showing like they can really work their way into the lineup. What's your what's your take on the uh, receivers that we've added, uh, specifically Bayless, Smith, and Marshall, and where does David Moore kind of fit in? Is he still going to be the number three in this offense? No, I think, you know, they definitely like uh, uh, David Moore. To me, you know, Terrace Marshall is the guy with Robbie Anderson and D.J. Moore probably has the most upside of potential, and they spent a second-round pick on him. But it's a nice problem to have. they got a ton of depth at a wide receiver right now. But, yeah, I think Shai Smith uh, certainly had some nice catches at Sanfest in particular. Uh, I, I feel like every time I go to Spartanburg, Omar Bayless does, like, five great things. Uh, and Coach Rule brought him up, I think, Sunday after practice. Uh, as far as the guy that he named, and he doesn't really drop a lot of names, uh, but I think Omar Bayless kind of quietly is that guy. So some of this may be practice squad material because you only can fit so many under your 53-man roster, but you, know, you look at the top of the depth chart there with Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, Terrace Marshall, and David Moore. I think you start with those four and probably fill it in with two more after that. Now, once again, I'm a preference it's hard to kind of judge these guys off a of fan fest, but based on what we're hearing on training camp and based what I saw in person, the backup quarterbacks, Will Greer and P.J. Walker, did not look particularly great in individual drills and whatnot. And uh, given that, do you think they're going to be on the roster come next year? Are they going to make it past this season? What's your take on that? Yeah, I think one question will be, you know, will they keep three quarterbacks or will they just keep two? Because there's no – competition for the starting job. So you got Sam Darnold. I'll be interested to see if they just pick one or the other, which at this point would be P.J. Walker ahead of Will Greer. Um, and the Panthers in, in a number of years have gone with two quarterbacks uh, to start the season out. So I think that's the first question is, you know, will one of the two be gone just by the cutdowns themselves? Uh, and then after that, yeah. Hey, Jim, let me interrupt. The, Jim, let me interrupt. Yep. Just pick up on that real quick. Jim Zoki, by the way, with us. In this day and age, Unless you've got a guy who's brittle as your starter, um, or you know, just just green as a pepper tree, you really don't need the three guys because you can go and and I mean, there's plenty of guys out there that you could go and get as a third guy or as or as the backup. The backup should you know that need to be the case, or as the backup if the backup got hurt. So that that's well, that would seem to make sense, and it seems to me you need more people on your roster in today's NFL that can do more things. True, and that's why it becomes very important if you can get by with two quarterbacks that you do it. In your practice squad, you're probably almost always going to have a quarterback there. That's like for emergency purposes anyway, but you need it to get through the practice week and also it gives you a third quarterback option should somebody get injured ahead of them. So you know that that is certainly obviously a position for a younger player, uh, but something that they could look at in terms of where that third quarterback would come from. We've got uh, the great Jim Zoki. Tonight, the Zoke Man will be heard on uh, Panther Talk, 7 o'clock, on our sister station, your home for the Panthers down east, 
90, uh, rather, uh, 103.7 WTIB. Panthers and uh, Colts this uh, weekend to open up the preseason. And uh, that'll be a lot of fun. We'll get some details uh, on that. Uh, there's been a lot of, uh, I, there was a little bit of uh, the story on Deontay Brown I read here over the weekend, I, I guess, um, or maybe it was early this morning in advance of this, that he had, uh, is a little, in a little better shape. Uh, any other guys that have maybe taken the offseason uh, to sort of re- reform their bodies or, or, you know, drop some weight, gain some muscle? Any, any guys like that, that that come to mind? Absolutely. I dropped about 12. I got some muscle uh, that I've added this offseason, so let's start with that. And, um, Good for you. If you talk about players, yeah. you want to talk about the players, yeah. Uh, Greg Little uh, dropped, uh, I think he actually dropped about 12, 15 pounds. And he's, you know, I think, you know, he, this is a guy, they moved up a guy that you know, spent a high second-round pick on him a couple of years ago. I think Greg Little, you know, he knows it's kind of like he's got to make the roster now or never kind of thing. So he's, um, he's a guy that's dropped some weight and is trying to, you know, be smarter with his diet. Uh, even though he's still a big guy, well over 300 pounds, uh, you see that with him. So I think, you know, they're, you know, when you look at the linemen, that's more or less where you see it. I know they've asked other players, like McCaffrey weighs the same as what he did last year. Jeremy Chin actually asked him, because he's being used basically all safety now, not linebacker mm-hmm. safety combo. He said his weight is still the same. Okay. Uh, but he, those, yeah, those are kind of some of the main storylines with that. Back to the quarterback thing, um, and then I'm going to let Ben ask you another question if he has one, but uh, what have been just the A to the Z, your impressions of, of Sam Darnold, not only on the field, but just any interaction and uh, and what have you and his teammates' thoughts on him, you know, in the locker room, et cetera? Yeah, now he's well-liked by his teammates. I thought, you know, actually one of the things that to me has been a big positive is you expect coaches to speak well of their, their players. And it's, a, it's that kind of staff where they would, you know, maybe uh, – Maybe Arian is doesn't have a bay. He just tells you whatever he wants to say. But I think here, I mean, they're, they're pretty much uh, the kind of staff that, you know, tries to prop up their players and build their confidence as opposed to tear them down. What I've noticed is, like, in this offseason, guys like Christian McCaffrey and, and your teammates like Robbie Anderson who played with him in New York, D.J. Moore, very complimentary of him. Uh, today, as a matter of fact, we had uh, Pat Elfline was one of the players speaking after practice mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. who came aboard from the Jets as a guard. Uh, part of the offensive line, probably a starter in the offensive line, mm-hmm. and just talk about the yeah you know, the presence, the command, you know. So I, I, they love him as a teammate. He's a very you know, serious kind of gym rat kind of a player right. guy. Uh, no, no big persona or anything like that. So to me, I think he's doing all the right things. He's got all the tools. I mean, guy was the third pick in the draft a couple of years ago, so he's got the arm strength. He's got I think more mobility than probably people realize in terms of getting out of the pocket and being elusive when need be. Needs to work on his footwork. Obviously, be safe without turning the ball over. But uh, that's you know that's gonna be fun to watch him play uh, in these joint scrimmage practices coming up this week, and then uh-huh. this first preseason game versus Indianapolis will have a lot better feel after that. Are we to assume then that his performance with the Jets and the Jets' performance uh, overall um, we're not necessarily linked? To, I mean, in other words, the Jets stunk, but it went beyond Darnold. It was more just the the bad culture, the bad coaching, the bad personnel decisions, et cetera. Yeah, I mean, obviously he's got to take his share of what happened up there, which was 13 and 25 when he started. Uh, but he didn't have the weaponry that he's got here with what the Panthers are giving him. So this will this will be the proof, obviously, to me. I think, you know, the offensive line, we got to see how good this offensive line is, but in terms of the skill position players and having Christian McCaffrey, which by and large, Teddy Bridgewater did not have last year. I think Teddy 
would have been better. I don't know how good he would have been, but he would have been better mm-hmm. having uh, Christian McCaffrey for 13 more games last year. Uh, this is really, you know, a big jump up in terms of having people to work with for Sam Darnold here. And they, yeah, we didn't really have a tight end position that caught the ball last year. They were Dan Arnold and Ian Thomas, and they drafted Tommy Tremble. You know, that's red zone efficiency and, and guys that are going to add to the mix that weren't even part of what was going on last year. By the way, um, you mentioned Robbie Anderson. Not a fan of the turf. Just thought I'd throw that in. All right, Ben's got another thing for you. He says the turf is fake. Some penetrating insight, Robbie Anderson. He's right. The artificial turf is, in fact, fake. It is. That's true. Grass is real. Turf is yep. fake. You right. don't really even have to cut it. That's how fake it is. You can't bring up turf without injuries. And obviously the big question around Christian McCaffrey coming into the season is can he stay healthy? And let's just say hypothetically he can't. They have a lot lot of options to kind of run with with that second running back kind of spot, especially right now. I mean, you got guys like Rod Smith who they just signed, Rodney Smith, Trent Kenny, yep. Regin Bonifan, Shuba Hubbard who looked like he had some growing pains Friday night. Who do you personally want to see, based on what you've seen so far and based on what you've heard from training camp, want to see in that kind of second running back spot? Who do you lean towards to kind of take that position? I mean, the guy to me has already proven it in the past in not a huge sample size, but when given the opportunity, he's been Reggie Bonifant. I think he can play. And I think he, he replicates a lot of what Christian does from the standpoint of a guy that is multifaceted that can run the ball but also catch the ball and is a willing blocker. So to me... And Bonifant's been in the league for a couple of years. He could be that guy. Obviously, when you draft someone like Cuba Hubbard, they're going to get a, a big opportunity because he spent the draft pick on them. So that'll happen. And but obviously, they had a little bit of a concern that they went out and brought in a veteran, like you mentioned, Rod Smith. They had Rodney Smith last year and still do. But uh, adding Rod Smith, the veteran running back, to that mix shows that they, you know they want to make sure uh, they've they've got you know viable veteran backups uh, to to go to should an injury happen at that position. We got a little good. For, we got some good football talk in here. I, you know, this thing started a little off the rails. I'm not going to lie, but we got some good football. Well, you talk know, in we here. all came in with the attitude from FanFest. I think we've settled down now that it's Monday. <laughs> we got Panther talk, and we got a game coming up later this week. I think he was mentioning. Uh, I think that was directed towards you uh, there, Ben. I was channeling my inner Steve Smith. He was there, you know. So uh-huh. I was a little yeah. excited. <laughs> all right, the season debut for the 27th. Hey, the, the, the the season debut for the 27th season of Panther Talk premieres tonight uh, all across the Carolina Panthers radio network. We take the 7 o'clock feed uh, here on 103.7 WTIB, our sister station down the hall, and they'll have all the games for you. Uh, Coach Rule, Jeremy Chin, and more. Yep. As uh, the great uh, Jim Zoki will be a part of that, uh, as well as uh, Mick and all the gang. Should be a lot of fun. Is it from Wofford tonight, or is it a little hodgepodgey kind of thing? Where's it originating it's from? A little, it's a little hodgepodgey. It's a great word. Yes, uh, Mick is down. I was down there earlier today, but Mick has uh, remained at Spartanburg, so he'll do the show from there because he's doing the dorm room thing. I mm. work in radio and for the Panthers, so mm-hmm. I came back. Right. I can work more radio tomorrow and tonight. So I, uh, Mick is down there. Eugene and myself will be up here at Bank of America Stadium. How's Mick doing that dorm? Is that, I mean, is that, he seems he, it's like summer camp for him, I think he said in the past. So. <laughs> he loves it. I mean, he really does. It's uh, for a guy in the 60s. He loves going down to camp and it, it, the experience and, you know, going through just, you know, in, in, engulfing himself in it, being just immersed in it. So uh, I think uh, he's happy as a clam down there right now. Mick is something else, man. That guy is a nut. He really is. All right. Uh, the, great <laughs> Jim, the great Jim Zoki. Always great to have Zoke on. We'll talk to you next Monday. Thank you, Zoke. Patrick and Ben, always a pleasure.
Ben Barman here for your 94-3 of the game sports update. We'll start from college football with some unfortunate news. As longtime Florida State head football coach Bobby Bowden has passed away at the age of 91. He did not reveal his sickness at the time of his diagnosis. There's a report that Bowden had passed away from pancreatic cancer. From the NFL, New Orleans Saints kicker Will Lutz will miss the start of the season due to injury. Quarterback Deshaun Watson is back practicing with the Texans after a five-day absence. Patriots tight end Hunter Henry has injured his shoulder and is set for an MRI. Colts inside linebacker Darius Leonard makes history, becoming the highest-paid inside linebacker in NFL history after signing a five-year, $98.5 million contract. From the NBA, money is being dished out left and right. Kevin Durant has signed a four-year, $198 million extension. The Brooklyn Nets, the Miami Heat have signed Jimmy Butler to a four-year, $184 million extension. Duke icon Grayson Allen has been traded from Memphis to the Milwaukee Bucks. Los Angeles Lakers have signed head coach Frank Vogel to a contract extension. And the Charlotte Hornets are finalizing a multi-year contract extension with head coach James Borrego. And for Major League Baseball, wrapping it up with Major League Baseball, Chicago White Sox star outfielder Lois, Lewis, Luis, excuse me, Luis Robert has finally returned from his hip flexor injury and has been evac- activated from the 60-day injury list. This will be the first time Robert has played for the Sox since May. It's going to do it for your 94th through the game sports update. I'm Ben Barham. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up. You want more. Like, you really like it. You want more. On your flagship home of Pirate Baseball. 94.3 The Game and 94.3thegame.com. And now, the stunning conclusion of the show. It's the P-Man here on 94.3 The Game. Hey, Ben, thank you there. Ben Byram, uh, also uh, intern Courtney. Great job today. Big thanks to Jim Zoki for taking a few minutes with us and putting up with our silliness. Uh, Peter Francia tomorrow. Dr. Francia, of course, with uh, ECU's uh, surveying arm. They do a lot of polling. Uh, and, and one of the things that they have uh, polled here is uh, the appetite for sports gambling being legalized in North Carolina. So we'll run through some of those numbers tomorrow with the good doctor. And uh, everything else that's going on in the world on The Patrick Johnson Show. Hope you'll join us then. Have a great rest of your Monday.